Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we've got Netflix 252nd film from 2020. It's the comedy called Desperados. It's directed by LP. It stars Nazim Pedrad, Lamorne Morris, Robbie Amell, Anna Camp, Heather Graham, and Sarah Burns. I'm Jesse. I'm here to bring you this episode from one of Netflix's original films. If you are keen on checking this film out, haven't seen it yet, give us a pause, come back later on, because we'll spoil it at various stages. And I'm going to start off with the fast flicks, where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one for me, it's about a newly in love woman has to race to Mexico to delete an aggressive email that she sent to prevent relationship disaster. Ooh, intriguing. Very intriguing. Um, This film, uh, you know, obviously came out during the pandemic. A lot of people have seen it because of, of that, um, and it's got quite a bit of negative criticism, but I'm going to give you my thoughts. Not going to give them away too early, but let's talk a little bit about how this ended up on Netflix, because we go all the way back to November of 2009, when it was announced that Universal Pictures had acquired the distribution rights to the film, and they're going to have Isla Fisher um, starring, which, you know, a bit of an Aussie connection there. Um, Jason Blum was going to serve as a producer on the film, and then we sort of uh, fast forward 10 years later to March of 2019, where they finally announced that Anna Camp, Robbie Amell, and Jason Mitchell had joined the cast of the film with LP directing. But there was a little bit of an issue because um, obviously Universal were no longer on board. Netflix picked up the distribution rights, and in May of, of 2019, it was announced that Jason Mitchell was fired from this film because he had some sexual misconduct allegations against him. And there was an investigation conducted um, by Netflix and he was eventually replaced by Lamorne Morris who, um, you know, does a pretty good job in this film. Uh, We'll probably talk about him a bit later, his character is Sean. Uh, The same month of 2019 in May, it was announced that Heather Graham and Sarah Burns had also jumped on board. So a bit of a a good story. We haven't had, you know, some of the international films we've covered, not much to hear, but this one's got a little bit of a good story, I guess. Um, In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, Anna Camp said that when she was approached to be in this film, she was told that she had the choice of either playing the character of Brooke or Kaylee. And she explained that she picked the character of Brooke because she felt she related more to the character because she'd recently gone through her own divorce. And that probably gives us a little bit of an insight into the character of Brooke that we'll talk about soon as well. In the first weekend of release on Netflix, this was the second most streamed film on the site. And then in the second week of distribution, it was the third most watched film. So as I mentioned before, a few people did watch this film across the world. In Spanish, this film is called Catch the Email, as I mentioned in the fast weeks, uh, trying to stop an email from being opened. In Japanese, it's called A Girl's Journey on the Edge of a Cliff. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's a big, 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 um, you know, sort of a thing to bring in, but sure. Okay, we'll go with that. In Chinese, it's called Kang Shu's End. I um, don't know what Kang Shu translates to, but maybe it's the character's name in the, of the film. And in Vietnamese, it's called Praying for Love. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit more. I mean, this hit Netflix on the 3rd of July, 2020. It was filmed in Mexico City from April of 2019 with some other shots in the States. This was put on the 2021 reframe stamp list of the top 100 most popular narrative and animated features. So not necessarily a big award, but um, got some recognition there as well. What are the critics and audiences saying about this film? If we head to Rotten Tomatoes, 
sits at 15%. That's on 22 reviews, so definitely rotten. Audience a little bit higher at 31% on more than 100 ratings, still very rotten. A little bit higher on IMDb from audiences, sits at a 5.2 on about 11,000 ratings. Letterbox, we go backwards again to a 2.1 out of 5 on over 10,000 ratings, but it's been logged by about 15,500. As uh, sort of sits with, with the critics on Metacritic, it sits on a 41, which is in the yellow range on nine critic reviews, but the audience has enjoyed it a little bit more. It sits at a 6.8 um, on 21 reviews. If we looked at Netflix, I actually got a, a percentage match for this one on 58%, so uh, Netflix probably telling me I'm not going to enjoy this film. But what are my early thoughts? Did I or did I not? Uh, based on everything that I've said, I, I, and I didn't look at any of this stuff before I watched it, but looking at the cast, looking at the the tagline, or not the tagline, but the, the sort of uh, synopsis, I thought I was probably going to hate this, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it, it's got, it does have some ordinary moments, but had enough uh, laughs in it for me to enjoy it. So let, let's talk about some characters. Uh, Wesley is our main, main girl in this film. She is a very annoying character. She talks way too much. Um, but as a profession, she wants to be a guidance counselor, which uh, probably isn't the right job for her because she probably needs some more listening skills to be successful in that field of work. Uh, unfortunately, she just can't say the right thing at the right time. So has struggled with any sort of connections with uh, any romantic, uh, you know, sort of ways to go. Uh, very unstable and very unlikable, as I've mentioned, for probably about 80% of this film because she's so self-centered. Uh, and we only sort of get the redemption in the last few minutes of the film. Um, you know, I, I guess it's always a struggle and this is where the film's going to be a hit or a miss. If you don't connect with the main protagonist in the film, you're probably not going to like the film. This is the odd occasion where I, I didn't really like her, but I still didn't hate the film. Um, we talk about her, her two friends, I guess, that sort of follow her on this trip to Mexico. We've got Brooke. Brooke's... Um, you know, her issues are, you know, she's separated from her husband, but she sort of needs to discover that she needs to recognize that this marriage is over and, and be the best mum she can and move forward. And her other friend, Kaylee, her big issue is that she wants to be a mum, but she's having these issues with pregnancy um, and, and she needs to sort of work out what are the other methods, like, you know, does adoption work? And, and they're their two issues. And, and they're probably more important real life issues than Wesley actually faces in that, you know, she can't hold a job and she can't make a romantic connection. So they've got real life problems. She doesn't, but Wesley obviously thinks her issues are way more important than those two, which is a little bit sad. Um, the guys that we see in this film, so uh, Sean is this sweet guy that Wesley sort of goes on a blind date with um, and, and she sort of ruins that date straight up. Uh, he's this sweet guy whose who's wife's passed away. He wants some company, but he's probably on that, his, his mental capacity at the moment is that he's thinking that, you know, he's probably trying his dating too soon after his, his wife's death. Um, but, you know, and we see that because he's an architect and he hasn't worked in a while because of, of, of you know, the pain that he's feeling from losing his closest person. He's probably the most real character in this film. And, and I liked him as a character. Um, the other guy that we sort of follow is Jared. He's this rich dude who sort of has a meet cute moment with with uh, Wesley where she falls over and, and he's there and you know he likes her because he thinks that she's not like any other girl in LA she's down to earth and and um, and you know a, a good chick that he could be with but the only reason that is is because when she's with him she's pretending to not be herself so a little bit of a, a conflicting issue there 
he has this accident in Mexico, so he doesn't message her or talk to her for a couple of days after they've been together, which sort of brings out the crazy in Wesley. And, and through email, which we've touched on, she you know, goes nuts at him. And you know, the idea of this film is that she wants to delete this email before he sees it. And we probably can pick up on him not being that good a guy anyway, because he mentions at the start he's a sports agent and he feeds on people's careers. So probably should have known that you know he, he's not going to be the best guy anyway. Um, Angel's this weird cameo. She's, she's like this sex guru played by Heather Graham, only in the film for a couple of moments. Um, I like this kid called Nolan, who I'll talk about in the scenes that I like very soon. And the only other two characters, we've got Ramon and Q, who are these workers at the hotel that they go to, and they're just there to sort of uh, continue the antics, I guess. Let's talk about the director, LP. 69 directing credits. A lot of directing credits. Um, not a lot that I've known, though. The, the biggest, I guess, credit is an episode or directed an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia so uh not sure why we hyphenate our name to lp but interesting let's talk about some scenes what are some things that i liked in this what are some things i didn't like you know this type of comedy is really hit and miss so what what makes me laugh probably might not make someone else laugh but for me I, the opening scene we have wesley sitting in an interview to be or you know to apply for a job to be a guidance counselor at a, a very catholic school with a nun and she talks about, you know, counseling kids on, you know, what if they have a boyfriend and she's talking about, you know, they don't need sex, you know, they don't need a boy to fulfill themselves. You know, girls have got options, you know, shower nozzles and teddy bears, <laughs> you know, looking at that on words is probably not great, but it sort of set the film up for what it was going to be for me. And I didn't mind that. Um, <laughs> once uh, the girls all travel to Mexico to try and delete this email, there's this moment um, when Wesley's checking in and um you know something falls out of a handbag and this kid nolan any sort of moment between him and wesley i sort of thought was funny so the idea when they're checking in and there's like a vibrator that falls out of her purse i thought that was good there's a moment where she's in his hotel room and then you know sort of she's in a towel and he tries to put the towel back without looking and sort of touches her a bit and then mum loses it i thought that was funny um you know then the mum finds wesley at the bar and calls her a hallbag pedophile I thought that was funny. Wesley passes out and then this Nolan kid does CPR on her and the mum's there again and cracks it. And then the kid's sort of like saying, you know, stop mum, stop getting into my stuff. We're in love. I thought that was funny. And then the mum hits Wesley and then Wesley vomits on her. I thought those moments were all quite humorous. A lot of people probably won't find them funny. Um, there's a moment where Sean and Wesley are out paddleboarding. This is probably the most contentious moment because they're relaxing, having a beer, and there's this dolphin. And then the dolphin sort of dry humps Wesley. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, kind of humorous. But then the dolphin comes back and sort of whacks its genitals in her face. I thought that was funny. Uh, sorry for those that don't think that's funny, but I thought that was funny. Um, we have this moment like Wesley and her friends, they're kicked out of the hotel and then she breaks back in and then she's just sort of standing on the at the gate and we can hear the security walkie-talkies going off and they're, you know, talking about, you know, keep an eye out for the molester because she got kicked out because there's Nolan kid. I thought that was funny, but then, you know, she's like, I'm going to get over this fence and tries to jump the fence and gets electrocuted. That made me laugh too. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, Wesley finally gets into the room to get this laptop to delete this email and then the, the people working at the hotel, Ramon and Q, are chasing her. And she jumps out the window. And then <laughs> she jumps out. And the, the room below is where this kid Nolan's staying. And he's, like, so happy because she's, like, she's come for me. She's come back for me. Uh, that made me laugh. Uh, most of those moments are about her and the kid. Um, things that I didn't find funny. For me, uh, they make some jokes about some pets looking like Hitler. That's not funny. The, the whole email that they're there for... To, like this email she sent to Jared I thought it was lame like they make jokes about his penis being thin about 
wanting his future wife to be barren, making fun of his dead dad. Those things just aren't funny. The same with this idea that Brooke and Kaylee, they go to this bar to sort of pick up these guys and these dudes are just completely gross. They're talking about like erection pills and this guy's talking about, you know, he's trying to pick them up and they're saying no. And he's like, well, I'm just going to go masturbate and because I don't have a chest to jizz off on. Like, gross. Um, Wesley tickling Brooke for a key. Like, that was weird. Um, then Wesley and Sean, they're in this car and they crash it because a goat got in the way. That was lame. I mentioned before, Heather Graham is this character angel. Just this weird little cameo where she's like a set, like, like a guru sort of thing. And then her and Brooke get it on. That was weird. And then finally, I really didn't like the moment where you know, Wesley's trying to do the right thing and say to Jared, okay, just read that email. And he just rejects her straight away. I just thought it wasn't really well done. Um, it just completely turned Jared into a, a douchebag straight away. So I didn't like that. Uh, themes, ideas. This is really hard to talk about some themes in this film, but I think you got the idea of being yourself, being real, being true to yourself. It's okay to be complicated. It's okay to be flawed. It's okay to be a broken person, but in saying that, you've got to be selfless a little bit. You've got to look out for your friends. You've got to look out for those that are supporting you. Return the favor and hold on to those people that are there for you too and, and sort of help them out too. Um, what did I take away from this film? Uh, I guess when I saw the title of this film, I assumed it was an international film. I assumed it was a Spanish film, but it's not a, a real Spanish word. It's an English film that's, yeah, making fun of people being desperate, which I don't know is a really good thing either. <laughs> All right, I'm baby. We have a section where... Sometimes we jump on IMDb to, to check out anyone that's familiar to us. Obviously, I, I know Robbie Amell. He plays the character Jared in this film. I just wanted to check out how many Netflix original films he's actually been in because I feel like he's in so many. Uh, it's not that many, really. <laughs> uh, he was in ones that we've covered so far. He was in a film called Ark, which was a sci-fi film that a lot of us liked. He was in that horror slasher comedy, The Babysitter, which we, we liked as well. And then he was in this other comedy, When We First Met, um, as well as this film. So, Robbie Amell, for me, has uh, been in some of the better Netflix original films, which is a, a good little observation there. All right, ponderings, questions. What, what, are, we, what are we thinking about this film? Uh, there's, there's a moment where uh, Sean and Wesley are, are sitting there and she's eating crickets in Mexico. <laughs> she didn't like them, I agree. I, I've had, Mex I had um, in Mexico, I had a packet of sour cream and chive. I think they were crickets, dried out crickets. The wings like got stuck in your throat. Oh, gross. I agree. Um, the only other thing, this is sort of quote that, from the film, like, boyfriends come and go, but if you're lucky, you'll have best friends. Yes, that's a really, really nice thing. But I feel like that that sort of sits, like, the, the age demographic of these characters are like, you know, late 20s, early 30s maybe, heading towards 40s. they got kids in this film. That whole idea about, like, bros before hoes and or, you know, that sort of stuff, I feel like that's more a teenage sort of message rather than the idea of, of middle age. Interesting, because I feel like most people, like, don't think that way when they're a bit older. So I thought that was an interesting little quote. All right, I'm ready to wrap this up. We give the film a rating out of five. For me, like, you know, as I've probably sort of touched on, most people are probably going to tell you this is a horrible film. Yes, there's some bad moments in this film, but I had some good laughs in this. I like to see the change in the characters towards the end. I thought the back end of the film was done pretty well with um, everyone sort of working out what they needed to do and where they needed to go, especially, you know, Wesley actually getting a job and working out that she can actually help people. I thought that was done well. For me, I'm, I'm just giving this a three out of five. It's probably a little bit high, but I enjoyed it. So three out of five for me. We're on socials. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like if you can. Comment on some of our posts. The question that I'm putting up for uh, this this episode is in relation to uh, 
our first date between Sean and Wesley where he sort of talks about an automatic out where you can literally say, cool, I'm done, I'm leaving. Um, have you ever used an automatic out at a date? Have you just got up and gone, nah, this isn't for me, I'm out? Because um, it was pretty quick in this, in this film. He was out pretty early. Uh, interesting question. Let us know on socials. We're back next week. Next week, we have a film I'm looking forward to, actually. It's a 2020 film. It's a superhero film called The Old Guard, which is directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. It stars Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, Marwan Kanzari, Luca Marinelli, Harry Malling, Veronica No, Matthias Schoenhartz, and Chidwell Algefor. Keen. I, I remember when this one came out. Haven't watched it. Keen to see it. Hope you are too. Give it a watch before next week. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you then.